0: Right. This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay and Norman G. This is the Yay where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> we have a fantastic guest, someone that both of us know. Usually Yay. it's either one or the other, right? Sylvia Kratens. <laughs> Sylvia, how are you?
1: I'm fine, and my <laughs> name is pronounced <laughs> Kratens.
2: No, he specializes in, in finding a way to other, another way, an alternative way to say people. Yeah, say.
0: It's, it's funny how people that I've <sighs> known for years, and yet right. still, I you know. Or you know, and also I know you're Sylvia K because you know when we did Lifetime's Three, oh, there was Sylvia K, there was Sylvia B. Right. <laughs> huh? Oh. But Sylvia Creighton, you are a veteran actor. Uh, oh, you're yeah. also a uh, a costume designer. Uh-huh. And um, anything else? Do you do? Are in you in the you theater? Yeah, in the theater. Um,
1: I don't know if you yeah, write or. I, ha- I don't write. I have directed and hmm. stage managed, and I've been a company manager for produce for commercial production. Mm-hmm. I've worked in commercial production. I've been a producer. Hmm. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, you've done a little I, bit of everything.
1: I mean, I, I'm trained as an actor.
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah. a- and,
1: and now I sing.
0: Hey, that's fantastic. I haven't heard you sing before.
1: Well, maybe you'll come and see our <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you, uh, you are a uh, member of Off-Broadway West, and we'll talk about Off-Broadway West, you know, the future and, you know, what will mm-hmm. happen. And also you've worked uh, with uh, Central Works as well.
1: I've worked with Central Works, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did just um, in the fall. Oh, we, oh I, did, no? I was in a show that just closed on November 17th. <coughs> yeah. Oh, what? What were you on? It was called The Lady Matador's Hotel by Christina Garcia, hmm. and it's, uh, uh, let's see, how what's a concise way to describe this play? <laughs> it, it takes place in a luxury hotel in a Central American capital, quite a lot like Guatemala City. And um, there are a number of people in the hotel. So there's the Lady Matador, who is a Mexican, Japanese, <laughs> she's an American, um, there for a battle of the Lady Matadors for a bullfight. Uh, Yeah. and then there is a colonel who is a native of the area, and... I, it's an unnamed country. That's why I'm avoiding naming it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is there for, like, a junta conference. There's, like, a regional military conference. So <laughs> he's there for this junta conference. So he's, like, you know, he's the evil guy with the black glasses. A junta
2: conference. Well, that's
1: my <laughs> term. Yeah, I that.
2: like it. I like it.
1: But that's what it is, right? He's a member of the ruling junta, and he's part of there for the conference. And so – Supposedly, there's all these guys in black glasses walking around, but we only mm-hmm. see one, right? Because in mm-hmm. Central Works, you can't have more than six people or, right. you know. <laughs> right, exactly. Everybody suffocates in the dressing room. <coughs> and then um, there's a Cuban, a man of Cuban descent. Well, I mean, he's a Cuban emigrated to the United States who's in town to adopt a baby. Mm-hmm. And then... There's, a, there's the two people who work in the restaurant who are um, – the woman is a former guerrilla fighter, mm-hmm. and the man is a current uh, resister of the government. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these – and then my character was a, a corrupt law, adoption lawyer.
0: Oh, Interesting.
1: Mm. You know, power broker Yeah mm-hmm.
0: who, d- who directed it, by the way? Is Gary, it Gary Gary okay.
1: Graves directed it And Christina Garcia wrote it mm-hmm. And adapted it from her novel Wow mm.
3: Very, very cool
1: um, So it was a super fun thing And then, of course, the cast of thousands You know, mm-hmm. almost right. everybody played a few other roles as R- well Of course, sure And moved around the furniture Yeah
0: anyway, did it? Have a good, did it have a good run?
1: It had a really We had a really successful run It was super well received It was very much fun um, it, w- it was a wonderful cast, really, it was really perfectly cast. Mm. And that's something, you know, Richard Harder and I used to talk about mm-hmm. all the time. I, w- I would just say, you know, casting is everything.
3: Yeah, yeah. You got
1: a good play, well, that's good. And then if you just cast it right, mm-hmm. you let those, and let the actors go, you, you've you done most of the work. And yeah. And the way Gary <coughs> directs is he's mostly just sort of pushing around, saying, you oh, stand over there. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, give a lot yeah. of acting notes. Yeah,
0: having stage manager both of them. Actually, I, it was uh, Aaron Henney who I think uh, directed Miss Merrick, and he wrote Miss Merrick Revelation.
1: Oh, he did the one the, that I did, too. R- uh,
0: oh, yeah. is that right? Oh. So was that
1: Theo, too, then? So that was Theo and – Theo uh, Black and yeah. Joe Jordan. Joe Jordan and Theo Black were yeah. in the Kafka show. Oh, I was in. interesting! And then with Marissa Kelty and I were yeah, because I know two. that oh. Joe moved
0: mm-hmm. um, shortly. I thought he moved shortly after that. I think he, I think both he and Theo are away from San Francisco. Yeah, Joe's I think. in L.A. now. Uh-huh.
1: He moved to Texas and then he moved back.
0: Ah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we'll definitely talk about that. And also, yes, you're right, Richard Harder. A lot of times, I've stage managed him. I think three times now. And usually he has such great actors that the actors will just do what they want to do and he'll fix things as they go along. Mm-hmm. And when you have good actors, That's you know, best. you just let them go. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, they're yeah. trying to force somebody to <coughs> do something, yeah. Right, exactly. <coughs> as I begin uh, each podcast, happy fourth anniversary, you Yay! and I. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> that, that yes, yeah. was,
2: that, was, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was weird because it's four. And I started to post something early in the week about it. And I said, it's our fourth wait a minute, is it our fifth? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Don't get that <laughs> wrong. And I had to go and look it up, because I miscounted. Sure. I counted the first year, so I'm like, oh, crap, it's our fifth. And I'm like, wait a minute, it can't be, can't be. Yeah, no, fourth? Yeah. Four years. Um, yeah, no, that's been the only real event of my week. I'm... Sitting on my butt, and now mm-hmm. I'm having to sign up for a bunch more auditions
0: because I haven't gotten anything I've yeah. auditioned for. Well, so not far, yet. So. I mean, we've we've talked to this before. Usually, you'll always find something. But I mean, that's the Who working knows? actor. I think Sylvia and I were talking off mic. It's gotten so in San Francisco, you have to have a job. You know, you have to just consistently. You can't just do one show. Oh well, or, you or can never do shoot. that. Yeah,
2: but yeah, I've been. Staying ahead of the curve for a while now, and I'm like, "Oh wait, I don't, I don't know what the next one is." So,
0: mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous. Yeah,
1: it's kind of always the way.
0: Yeah. Um, well, we, let's jump into it. Uh, there are tons of current events, yeah, and, uh, especially you know, in the eve of Martin Luther King Holiday. Well, there's so just a couple of hours ago, um, I don't know if you know Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They are they haven't it's it's it feels like an abdication but it's not an abdication basically they're not official they're not doing they they are part of the royal family but they're not doing any um they're they're not working for the royal family anymore they're right. not yeah they want to step <laughs> back trial, from right? their yeah. duties as senior yeah. royal and i've actually uh read something a couple of days ago that meghan is, tr- is trying to work her way into the mo- the movie and television industry again
2: i assume that's what was going to happen yeah so. So,
0: I mean, I assume (coughs) that
2: was a big part of why they were saying, (laughs) let's get on, let's move on.
0: Right, right, exactly. So, so there's that. I don't know if anyone has any strong feelings about that. I mean, I don't know, I don't know the big deal of the royal family anyway. I mean, Mm. you know.
2: America (laughs) is in love. America wants to be in love with with royalty. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, that's, our democracy is founded on not royalty. So, my 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 position on this is. I don't bow to no royal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. But we, we do have a sort of an Anglo fetish, though. I mean, you know, yeah. every, time, every show that I watch, I watch The Witcher, mm-hmm. which is the latest thing running on Netflix. Oh, that's and right, yeah. Of course, you know, you have these guys with English accents and, you know, and they're sophisticated and whatever. And mm-hmm. I still think in America, you know, we have this, oh, the minute we hear a British accent, they're of a higher level than we are. Uh, and Celia Maurice talked about this when we had her on where, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, well – just because I have a British accent doesn't mean that I'm smarter than anyone else, right? So,
1: but you might be better educated. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah, it, you know they. The, the. I think more people in Britain are generally better educated than Americans. I think mm-hmm. that, that this and and their educational system um, and their culture encourages a kind of witty delivery right. that. Makes them seem like they're smarter than us.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I bet they're probably more well-read, um, and you know, just reading books. I mean, I don't know mm. how the average American like student, unless they're told, "Hey, you need to read that." No, I don't they know. Don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, also, Virginia is the 38th state to ratify the Ankle in- in- Rights Act. We're going
2: to see what happens and with that. What
1: happens?
0: I mean, does it's does way that up in mean the air.
2: It's,
1: I mean, what? Ha- what? Well, what's the proceed? Does anybody know what the next?
2: Well, the problem is that procedure? they're way out of date. Because it's been they, thirty years. Yeah, or something? They, and there was a time limit on it that had been extended, but that's oh. already run out. Yeah. So now so they're like, "Well, what do court? we do?" I mean, the worst, the worst scenario is: does every state then have to go back and say, "Oh, yeah, we're still in favor of that"?
1: Oh, for crying out loud! I hope
2: not. Yeah. Well,
1: even so, that would be reasonably could conceivably be somewhat easy I don't know maybe Wisconsin wouldn't do it yeah I
2: think a lot of states wouldn't because a lot of states have GOP control now that would probably that go it, oh there's yeah. no there's no re- that's there's a no lot need of, for it right that's the weirdest argument there's no need for this and therefore we're not going to pass it um you agree that it would be fair well
1: that's what they did by <laughs> Rescinding the Voting Rights Act yeah. too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy that you know you think something that was written I think in the seventies or I forget when the voting the Equal Rights Amendment was written. Um, it was yeah, it was uh, put in the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> that it would take this long, and it's one of those things that we don't realize that you may be living in a state that doesn't recognize every single citizen should be treated equally, regardless right. of race, regardless of sex, and and well, all of that. So because.
2: <clears throat> I mean, if they pass it, what that does is open the door up to a bunch of legislation about things like equal pay. Right. Um, which right now just sits in that quagmire of the same argument. Well, you can't prove that. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it opens up uh. people up to lawsuits because it's like, well, if you've ratified the equal rights, well, you violated it by doing this and that. Right. I mean, yeah. it's very much like the uh, the civil rights movement. You know, When right. um, Brown v. Board of Education right. was – you know, ratified, mm-hmm. um, you know, it opened up a lot of civil rights groups, activists to say, hey, since this is now federal law, right. this is how you're violating it. And right. so you get people to enforce it. So right, well, exactly. I wonder
1: if if actually all of this, like, super restrictive abortion law and family planning yeah. law mm-hmm. yeah. actually might be affected by a ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. The women would have more force right. in that way. I'm not sure because. Well, I think it's you're a, right, it's a Well, I, I'm not a lawyer, but uh-huh. I yeah. think it's a tricky thing because there's this e- – e- women are either a protected class or right. a special or, – or an equal class, right? Right, yeah. And, and if you're equal, you don't need a protection, right. kind of, you know? Right. So.
0: And, of course, the GOP will always say, well, we're focusing on the rights of the unborn." Um, right, you know, they throw that into the mix. They, <laughs> I, I'm going to
1: try not to swear on your. It's okay. No,
2: I you know, right, you see, it's you'll tra- hear it
0: soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's tragic that plan. There's so many plans. I mean, if you right. if you're a woman, let's say you're a girl, 15 year old yes. girl who right. is impregnated, and a lot of times you don't have the choice of what being right. impregnated or not. You can be raped. Right. Rape, right. You can have, you know, let's say intercourse, but you tell your boyfriend, "Hey, you know, don't right. take it easy." And or he, you make
1: a mistake. Right. Or you're a a slut? Who cares? Exactly. It's, you live in your body. You do right. what you want with yeah, it. That's exactly it's, right. It's just, I, I just, I think actually nobody, nobody who hmm. isn't a woman of childbearing age even gets a, an opinion on this subject. Uh-huh. It, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like I'm, yeah. I'm past it even myself. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, look, ladies.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: You and your doctor. Mm-hmm. Take yeah, this
0: well, yeah. On yeah. you have a doctor to I'm go s- to, because I'm a lot of places you have to or go. you can come to me. I'll there really? may be one Planned <laughs> Parenthood in the entire state, state, let's say right. Wyoming, yeah. or you have to go to another Louisiana, state I if think. you have the money yeah. to even go there. And it's tragic. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. no it's
2: North so Dakota. it'll be interesting to it's see. And you know, like anything, like Pelosi, which I'm sure must be on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, when are you strategic about it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I love that she's actually gotten, she's really kind of gotten her back up about all this stuff yeah, because she's, she's being accused of everything. You're going too fast. You're going too slow. Oh sure. So
3: gets,
2: you know yeah. she and she's, I love her defense. I tried to avoid this until it was unavoidable.
0: Yeah. No, it's good. No, she's. I think she's done everything just right. It's amazing now. Trump has Ken Starr. On I his know. defense team and I Alan know. Dershowitz. So in, the and, you know, the it's Epstein team.
1: <laughs> Those yeah.
0: It it's it's really amazing. There are a couple of other things. I mean, you yeah. know, we we've talked about impeachment and I'm wanting to see what's gonna happen next week because it starts it Tuesday, starts the Tuesday right.
2: version of it. Well they didn't they they uh they took the sworn home. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you got Justice Roberts oh sworn, sworn in and, and all of that goodness. stuff. So each of
3: them individually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. Um that must have been tiring. <laughs> Guess who is 98 years old? Betty White. Uh-huh.
3: Yay! Betty White.
0: <laughs> it just puts a smile on my face. I mean, and she's yes. not just 98 surviving. I mean, she's, she's working. Thriving. She's awesome. thriving. She's, she's awesome. She likes
2: I remember the first celebrity that I was aware of heading for that milestone was uh, mm-hmm. George Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I remember was he had a contract to play the Crystal Palace mm-hmm. um, on his 100th birthday. And when he got to be 100... <laughs> He, he just was in no shape to be doing anything like that. And they just let it go. It's like, yes, <laughs> yeah, we already paid you, and mm-hmm. you're 100. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, the th- yeah, I remember that. And I remember Bob Hope. I remember there were so many oh. p- um, writings about Bob Hope and have pictures of him. And he just looked horrible. No, he did I really not think age that people, well. People are living more, I just see it, a more thriving life. Well, older now. Many if they're, they're lucky, they lucky. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, th- I think right.
1: it's luck, partly. I mean, you know, she's. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, yeah. let into some kind of remarkable good health,
2: mm-hmm. and, and an amazing career, and an yeah.
1: amazing career, and and a you know by all appearances she's a delightful person. Right, yeah? right.
0: Now she seems very, very happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel bad for Kirk Russell. I mean, Kirk Russell is also there. He, I think, he may be a hundred. Is but oh, he's, he's not in yeah, he's, he's not, not in good health. Good. He's not in good shape. Yeah. Um, w- a couple of other things. Ariana Presley. She is a I think she's a senator. B- uh, she represents Ayana. You know, Ayana. No Ayana, R. Pre- Ayana. Ayana Presley. Presley. Yes. But she re- she uh, revealed on the route, uh, yes. it was very personal, yeah, 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 that she has Alopecia, oh, yes. which is basically balding, and yes. she was very forthcoming and showed you know her bald head. Oh, I didn't know she showed it. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, it was very very personal, and it gets into right. um, black women and just right. you know the the politics of hair and all yes. that sort of uh. stuff.
2: It was it was amazing. Well, and <clears throat> to go back to sure. women, the way you are penalized for it, the way you are taxed for it, the way you know you are. Forced by society to take this extra burden that the rest of us don't have to take on. Yeah. Because we don't want to even acknowledge there's any difference.
0: Yeah, the burden that, I mean, and Sylvia, you can talk about this as just an actress. We've had a lot of actresses who, let's say there <laughs> were young actresses who, you know, they they relish being the ingenue type. And let's say they age into uh, a different type based on what the producers and directors see in them. Mm-hmm. But do you have you ever felt, I don't know, the burden of, you know, just what producers and audiences put on women, oh, especially sure. on stage.
1: Sure. I mean when I was a younger actress, you know, I had to be so careful about watching my weight, you know. Mm. And you know, I'm tall, I can hide right. a fair amount of weight, but still it was a it was a thing. I used to you know, I used I was t- just a salad bitch, you know. So mm. It's like every time <laughs> I just <had> went to <laughs> dinner, night. I was salad.
3: Oh.
1: And um I was, you know, it was fine. It wasn't a terrible burden, but that was really why I was doing it. I was also careful about all kinds of other things about my appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but in general, I mean, in large part, my appearance has Mm. been um, to some extent a burden, but in most, it has been a a blessing. Ah. I'm I'm tall, uh-huh. I'm pretty, I'm mm-hmm. white, uh-huh. I'm, you know, I like, I l- I, I'm acceptable looking mm-hmm. just getting up in the morning.
3: Sure. And
1: so, but I've become very aware of the attendant privilege to that. And then, of course, the the thing with being an actor and a woman yeah. is, is if you are a girl good looking person mm-hmm. then you have to fight with the in the beauty contest
3: right and right.
1: that is a that is a terrible thing mm-hmm. and i realized as a as a really young person because because i'm tall and i was very thin when mm-hmm. i was you know teenager mm-hmm. people would say oh you should be a model and I was like, Oh no.
3: <laughs> I don't I yeah. you know Yeah, do not
1: seem I like
2: a special kind of hand I'm
1: already sufficiently self conscious. Yeah. You know, and, and so mm-hmm. I don't I don't really wanna spend like all of my time worrying about my appearance.
0: Yeah, right. It's the, the only way you can uplift yourself is by being pretty and being acknowledged as being pretty Yeah, and, and, that, the masses, and yeah. That's
1: like a, you know and and so that at at a certain point that it's like um it's it's a hard thing, and then of course being an, a woman in my age bracket now, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually being over thirty five in in films, and yeah. then I mean I think it's getting a little bit better now, but it, there just aren't parts for older women the way there are for men, right? Right? I mean the. Judge the notable exception: the judge or the, the, but judge but or the it, neighbor yeah. or the whatever you know right. is a man. It's the all fifth, yeah. You know, the fifth business as <coughs> they used to call it, the, which is you know, there's the two couples or the whatever, and then mm-hmm. there's a fifth person, mm-hmm. and that's always a man. <laughs> right. And,
2: Interesting. Yeah. Um, the boss, the waiter, the doctor.
1: Yeah, the the noble advisor, mm-hmm. the whatever. Right. And so I'm not, you know, now of course in the Bay Area there's this sort of. Effort to cast women in men's roles and stuff but I, don't, I mean I don't really want to play men <laughs> I want to play I, I right. think it's a, there's there are I want to play women my own age mm-hmm. which was one of the wonderful things about doing this show at Central Works this mm-hmm. last time is that the person I was playing was although not in <laughs> any sort of material Personal way, like mm-hmm. me, she was of my age and right. stature, yeah. and mm-hmm. and you know, um, so I could real, I could imagine her and relate to her in a different way, sure. rather than having to play somebody who is younger, much older. Mm-hmm. I've also right. played the mother of somebody three years younger than me, and <laughs> right? Um, yeah, and or or someone. It or a
2: man—that—that's
1: mm-hmm. you know because right. we're not the same. Right. We're, we may we may be I don't know equal or whatever, but we're not the same.
2: No, no, no. And yeah. Our experience <laughs>
1: isn't the same, and the the choices that we would make to handle a particular mm-hmm. issue will be subtly different, and it's hard to tell you how.
2: Well, but what's neat is when that casting is happening, and you can bring those choices in. It it takes the old shows and gives them a new,
1: sure, you know, and, and um, angle, s- new yeah, aspect. Yeah, I see that in all kinds of non-traditional casting. Right, int- it, ma- it makes it even even if you don't change the lines at all. Right, it makes it gives this other shading, and you go, you know, you don't have to even say anything about it. It's right, it, it has this mm-hmm. nice quality mm-hmm. that. Um, just says, "Oh wait, what if?" Right, and and so in theater, in particular, it's like we don't, <laughs> you know, it's not really happening. Uh-huh. It's not a movie. Mm-hmm. It is a, a, you know, a bunch of people dressed up, moving stuff around in the same room with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's no reason why we have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. We can stretch the boundaries mm-hmm. of. Everything yeah. you know, you can be my son. <laughs> yeah,
2: you awesome. know,
1: and yeah, yeah we're and seeing
2: a lot of those families, but that again reflects the world that we're in.
1: <laughs> well, sure, yeah. yeah, but like, I mean, when I was in high school, I we we did you can't take it with you. Yeah, yeah, uh, which probably every high school ever did. And <laughs> it, and it's a wonderful, funny, hilarious right. play. Yes, um, but this was in Berkeley, and so it was all. You know, non-traditional casting, right. and the young man I played Mrs. Kirby, mm-hmm. and the young man who played, or the boy, really, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. we were all children. Right. <coughs> was Charles McNeil, mm-hmm. who is he's now a professional dancer, ah. but he was six feet tall and mm-hmm. black. And then the man who played Mr. Kirby uh-huh. was probably five foot eight, <coughs> and white, and Uh the thing is, I have, I still have the family portrait that they took of us, and it's, it's just so wonderful, and you just, there was no comment about it, and the thing, the other thing is, the audience forgets about it immediately,
3: Uh that's
1: the, they they just sort of go, oh, that's her son, that's Mm -hmm. right, yeah, and, uh, you know, they don't go, oh, gee, hmm, what did the milkman look like, especially when they just connect
0: with one another, right,
1: it's it's just, I, and so, I feel like that stuff is, is sort of nice, I mean, this is like – I don't know whether this is really a response to your question about Hmm. the um, burdens of being a woman in the theater, which are myriad. (laughs) But, you know, I –
0: But, you know, you touched on something interesting, especially when you talked about roles. Let's say a woman is cast in a role that was traditionally for a man or something like that. And I wonder if some directors just try to, oh, well, I guess we need to create some diversity. But they do it in a very cheap way. They just say, mm-hmm. here, you're going to take the male role. Not even thinking, well, does this character really relate to me or uh-huh. whatever.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And and the, and the thing is that uh, – and I guess you could take the male role. I mean, you're playing the bosun or something. in the Tempest, you, right? It, that's neither here nor there, right. right? You can That could be played as a clown. Sure. But – the question of whether who the person is, mm-hmm. if it's a real character, right. then um, do I have to play that as a man?
0: Yeah. You well, know? that becomes the question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But <laughs> no, <laughs> which no, I'm, I'm not <laughs>
1: successful at doing. It's
0: yeah. No, it's no. no, no it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I think... I think that's it. Well, um, actually, one quick thing before we get into an origin story and also two years, one year. Okay. But um,
2: All right. the uh, well open others. Uh, there, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Moms <laughs> for oh Housing.
0: Yeah, Moms for Housing. So they were bailed out this week. <laughs> were but, they? Um, Of course they yeah, were. <laughs> for, for folks who don't know. So there were these group of women who found a house. I'm not sure how they In West found Oakland, there's a house
2: that's been unoccupied for two years. Yeah.
1: How did they identify it? I think
0: yeah. Everybody in the neighborhood women. knew, I'm sure. Made, uh-huh. You know yeah.
2: You know when nobody is in that house. <laughs>
0: and, of course, the landlords oh, didn't care anything about this place until... The landlords are
2: investors. They're not landlords. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And Property so a corporation, yeah. They uh, yeah. tried to evict uh, these women, and now I guess they're trying to do a fundraiser for them. They, well, they're trying to cover themselves. The, I'm talking about the investors. Are they? They're doing a fundraiser <clears throat> for the women? I think so. Wow. They're, they're trying to do something. Seriously. <clears throat> I mean, this is sort of... Oh my God, we're getting blowback and we're getting media, so right. we better do something. I don't know if it's from the heart.
2: Well, what's weird is so oh, the yeah. offer that happened is uh, I don't know which land trust, but one of the land trusts.
1: Oakland oh, Community Land Trust, I think. Is that who it was? I think Offered
2: to buy the house. Mm-hmm. And the corporation just like, no, 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 no. They, they have no right to be here, and we don't want to talk about it. And it was over. And it was like, hey, this is the core of this. And it's funny because I'm spending a lot of time on Twitter. Um, which I'm enjoying because, well, I used to get lots of complaints on Facebook about being so political. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, okay, well, I'm going to go to where people are political. So uh, you know me.
1: I'm pretty political. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I, so
2: I just, do, I just took most of my energy to Twitter. What's great is when a news item happens and people who don't use Twitter will say, well, so do you feel like you're doing something? And I mean, and I think, well, you mean as opposed to Facebook? You know, it's it's not doing less than you're doing on Facebook, mm-hmm. but when a story comes out, you can respond immediately, directly to that story, and it happens often that somebody says or does something, or media puts out some story, and within a day, they're like, "Ooh, let us correct that," and that's mm-hmm. because of the people who are just jumping down their throats on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love doing that, but it also lets me get a temperature of what people are how people are responding to stuff so with this the biggest response is the well they have no right to that that's stealing property like i don't think you have a right to make money when we have people in the street i don't
0: think your right to make money Mm -hmm. supersedes that if i had i mean uh, for enough landowners or whatever who have abandoned property yes just you know just milling around i mean if 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 every homeless person could you know fill in that I mean that would right. solve and Gavin Newsom he's fo- he's focusing I think he right. got at least the, I don't know I don't know how many millions of dollars but he's trying to focus yes, on this homeless homelessness he's issue. trying to but, but that, that's the number
2: they're putting out right now is four there's four empty
0: four empty houses
2: for every homeless person yeah. Yeah.
1: Four empty houses for every home. Okay, because I I read a statistic. Somebody posted on Facebook that Mm. one in four houses in Oakland was empty. And I was like, I live here? No, that's not the right statistic. Uh, Right. I don't know
2: how they're counting. If they're counting living units or something. There's
1: some number, but it's not that. Right. Um, You know, on my street, there's one Mm -hmm. that's been empty for 30 years.
3: Oh. Hmm.
1: The people who own it, you know, the mm. old lady died and her son has been wanting to deal with the house. No. And yeah. it's just getting worse and worse. And every time he comes yeah, around, you don't the deal with jump the all over him. And 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 you don't want
0: to deal with the property oh, taxes. I'm that sure he yet. pays
1: the taxes. Oh,
0: okay. He's,
1: mm-hmm. not, um, he's not a poor person. Right. He's just an inactive person. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 Right. And things in the community, our community, to goose these people, to say, well, you got to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't well, just let it sit. That's and, ridiculous.
1: And the thing is, that, well, and you know, they're in London in the, you know, in the eighties, there, seventies and eighties, there right. were a tremendous number of empty buildings, and there were squatters Squat- in them. Yeah, squatters' rights. and people rights, yeah. actually established kind of homesteading rights yep. in these mm-hmm. in yeah. these buildings. And I think it's an interesting. I mean, uh, that's clearly what the real estate company is trying to avoid I, I is I any kind of yeah. circumstance where those people who move into their, their property right. and um, –
0: Establish some kind yeah. of a right yeah. to be there, yeah, and I think the it's thing that is, that like that after thirty days, if you're there and no one does anything, then I don't know. You have some sort of right. I forget what the laws. So are. Well, well I I the laws in America are yeah.
2: very intentionally not what the UK is doing because yeah. they, because they saw that and they didn't like it.
3: Well, yeah. I mean,
1: but people in London took roofs off their houses. I mean, they, that that if they wanted to leave the house empty, they would take off the roof. Jeez,
2: hmm. wow.
3: I know.
1: Which seems like. Well, why not just sell
2: them? That's destructive. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, what what are you getting out of that? Mm -hmm. Well,
1: I mean, I, I mean, I guess the, I don't know the details. I think the real estate market was super messed up, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like they could really sell it. Mm -hmm. You know, there was some, Mm. and you know they, they had all these old, big old things that needed a tremendous amount of work, and there was nobody to give them to. You know. It happened in New York too. There were remember yeah. all those empty buildings in New York. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's like, uh, so to see th- but to see this happening in Oakland, and it's also the I think one of the things that's so striking for us mm-hmm. because we live here, is that this seems to have happened rather dramatically and suddenly. Yeah. Like, like right. there was there was a sort of an established neighborhood, and then we had this big real estate crisis. Right and all of these people got pushed out of their housing. Yep. The housing market, at the same time the housing market, um, rental market prices spiked. Right. And all of a sudden people are coming from San Francisco who want to live in Oakland. Who sure. want to live in the working class neighborhoods of right. Oakland. Yep. These, you know, rich white people want to live in West Oakland.
2: Yes. I know. Oh that's very bizarre. Oh, my
1: goodness. You know, it's just like. One or two, please. But really,
2: I've, I've had friends over there, and you go to visit, and you go in one direction, and it's one world, and you walk around the corner in the other direction, and it's hipster universe. I'm like, wow. No. And yeah, the
3: neighborhood's well, and how
2: are you mm-hmm. relating to the neighborhood? Because that's you know, I, I keep looking for a new word besides gentrification, um, because the fact is, neighborhoods always evolve. That's always happened. But how do they evolve? Mm-hmm. And how do the people who come in? Because one of the things I love about living in a city is I grew up in the suburbs. And I hated the suburbs. And I hated this sense of disconnection in so many ways on so many levels. I like being in a city. But I feel that energy now coming into my neighborhood. And it's pissing me off. Don't walk by me like you don't see me. What the I, hell? I, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, see, I think there's, there's, I think that partly it's a... S- way that we've all been taught to be scared of each other Mm -hmm. that there's this climate of fear that has been imposed upon us so that we are not able to tell the difference between a threat and not a threat Mm -hmm. and so now we just and and you know i've grown up in the city right i grew Mm -hmm. up in berkeley and oakland and i've been here and and you know i mean berkeley is a Gentle little city, but it's mm-hmm. a city. Believe me, right. it was yeah. in the sixties right. and seventies. It was a crazy place, yeah, yeah. and I mean, we had riot season, you right. know, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but I, you know, and as a kid, I developed an ability to walk along the street and I see a person and know whether I had to cross the street or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could tell, and I don't have to tell, but it's mm-hmm. it's not. I, I'm not looking at the color of your skin. Mm. I'm looking at your vibe mm-hmm. yeah. and the yeah. way you're looking at me. Yeah. Right. You and, know, and you know. and so, but the thing is, like, people don't kn- – I mean, a lot of people don't have that skill. They yeah. don't know how to trust right. other people mm-hmm. or not trust other people. Well, that's what
2: I'm saying. It's these folks that are coming now because one of the things I loved about Oakland is I, I don't feel like it's um, lack of threat. I feel like people are gauging very clearly the, hey, hey. You know, I'm checking you out. Okay, I'm checking you out too. Cool. We're good. And you keep moving on.
1: Exactly. It's um it's and so as opposed
2: to walking right by me and not acknowledging me, I'm like I really could literally re- reach out and punch you. <laughs> And you are not even going to make eye contact with me? That That's well, just weird to then, me.
1: And then also the people are just looking at their and stupid
2: then, And then, f- then add yeah, in yeah. on it. Oh,
0: my. No, it's funny. You talk about the neighborhood. You know, you're right. Neighborhoods do change. Mm. Sometimes it's a natural change where people are like, wow, I really like the vibe of this neighborhood. And I, this is a place where I want to live in. Mm-hmm. And you fit in and you right. become part of the neighborhood. Right. And then there's the unnatural thing. Oh, this is cheap. Let me come here. Right. And well, who the hell are you? And screw you, screw the neighborhood, and all you know. Just right. And I
1: want to open a cheese
0: shop. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <sorry>, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and what what you were mentioning, Sylvia? Yeah. You know, you have to have some street hip sense to know who. I mean, I can tell. Well, you yeah. know, like I, you know, like, like I guess it's a black thing, or I don't know if it's a black thing, or whatever. But you know, like let's say two people are walking across from one another, and right? Like like a little dad. Well, that right? is a
2: black thing. Yeah. That yeah. The yeah. dad <laughs> is yeah.
0: And it's like hey, that's the black guy nod. Right. Yeah. The black right. guy not. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, hey, you're cool. Okay, I I, right. I can I can. I'm like like acknowledging cool. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't have to, you know, check my back or anything like that. Well, and I think even more than
2: that, because that's you know, and I love I love discussions in history about this because it's fascinating to me. Recognize people don't know that blacks in the South, in many places in the South, you could not make eye contact, and blacks were not allowed to communicate with each other in public.
1: With, they weren't allowed to make eye
2: contact with one another? No, with anybody. You right. could make eye contact with each other, and that's what would happen. You'd give a subtle nod to uh-huh. acknowledge. You but wouldn't say hello, because, you know, there were places where you were pushed off the sidewalk, and that's man. in the middle of the 20th century, pushed off the sidewalk because a white man didn't think you had the right to be on the sidewalk. You could not be saying, hey, Reg, how you doing? Oh, who is that loud Negro? Mm. And you're suddenly, you know, you're suddenly finding yourself targeted. Yeah. So... As that behavior that little social conditioning happened and then it s- expanded with the migration mm-hmm. across the country, that that energy came so it's not just about danger it's also just going nobody else is going to acknowledge you I'm gonna acknowledge you hey man
0: yeah hey. yeah no it's good that you brought that up it's it's interesting you know black history but also just neighborhoods you know just um, well and right and yeah.
2: neighbors do that and that's what's annoying my neighborhood is very mixed mm-hmm.
3: Mine
1: is the two. new
2: people, are ignoring everybody, and I'm like, what? wow.
3: Oh, yeah. maybe you have
1: to, you know. I mean, I guess we can reach out to them. I, I mean, it's, yeah. no, it, I, it just I, say, I
2: always say hi. Hello, but when I see somebody blowing me off, yeah,
1: it's weird.
2: What's been cool for me is I've been doing yard work. And so I'll be in the front yard sometimes doing yard work. Well, there are Asian families on either side of us. Uh And uh, across the street on one side, well, across the street on both sides. Um, We live on a corner. So, both directions, there are these little Asian families. They all throw me big smiles from across the street now. But for the first year or so, they would just sort of go by and I'd say, hey, hi, Mm -hmm. hey. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I'm in my yard just trying to figure out how much. Time and energy I want to put into dealing with the latest iteration of my lawn, and suddenly I hear hi, and I'm like, oh, the Asian lady who hadn't been talking to me now talks to me all the time, and like I said, now mm-hmm. from across the street they wave and they say hi, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm part of the <laughs> it, neighborhood it takes a little finally. Time. Yeah, and now in that same you know in the last couple of years, all these new people are showing up who aren't paying attention to anybody, and I'm like, maybe I'll okay. take another year.
1: Who knows? Well, Look, I, th- I think. That you know, they probably feel out of place, and so yeah. and so they, they're they just keeping to themselves. I mean, I don't know, I, I, think, I it's, think so. I do think it's rude, and and that, and also, I think that forgive me, but I think these tech people have no manners, they mm. none of them were brought up to talk to other people. Mm-hmm. Well, that, <laughs> and, that's that and gets
0: and into a generational aspect of don't, this as well, they don't, yeah. They don't
1: know how to behave themselves,
0: yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, two years ago. Uh oh! This person was on the yay, and let's see if you can recognize this person. Whoops! Ah! <laughs> <course, I> <laughs> technical difficulty. The Invisible Man. Yeah, exactly. Are you <laughs> sure? I used to story to yeah. a nursery
1: where they always uh. sang, and um, they used to do a Christmas play, mm-hmm. and I finagled my way into <laughs> this play at three years old to be the wow. angel gabriel because mm-hmm. i would look out onto this the classroom from my bedroom window and i would mm-hmm. do my lessons with them
0: don't know i don't Mm-mm. know who that, is. that is deb Carragher, and she's oh, been on twice. Deb. <laughs> <laughs> a former East eastender and now i believe she's in texas i think she went back to texas oh so yet another person who has um, moved back. One year ago, you brought this person in. Uh-oh. Yeah. I, I was born and raised in – Oak. well, I was born in Oakland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in Oakland. Went to San Leandro Schools, um, which is like a suburb or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my my, I my family thought that that area was just more safe. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, they sent me there. Armando?
2: Bingo! or Arnold McLean? You know, Armando I've been McCl- wondering about I don't, him. but
1: that the, the <laughs> voice is very familiar. Well,
2: so last year he um, he had done a season at Ashland, uh-huh. and then they took a show to New York, and um, and his plan, and that was the last I'd heard of him, heard from him. Actually, was his plan was to hang out and see what he could find. So, yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, I think he and the last after he was with us, he went to New York. Right, he yeah, doing some at, at there,
2: there was the show that they had taken um, from uh, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon sent
0: a show to New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's doing some great things. All right, let's have a uh, origin story, Sylvia Creighton's <laughs> origin story. <laughs> yeah. So how did you how do you how did you get involved in theater? Were you born you were born and raised here?
1: Um, I was well. My parents met at UC Berkeley, but I was born in Boston. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, then they returned to Berkeley in 1965. Oh. Mm. So I've been here since then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Were they hippies? No, they were older than that. Okay. No. No, they were. My parents were older than the hippies. The hippie thing happened right right then. Right. It started happening. Uh, but my dad was then he was a professor at the university. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so <laughs> not
2: a Timothy Leary kind of professor.
1: No, but I mean they were sympathetic to the a lot of, you know a they, lot were, of they were they were yeah. s- they were certainly um, left politically mm-hmm. and very sympathetic to you know and the, my dad got tear gassed and oh wow you know, we went to peace marches yeah. and, you know we d- <laughs> we had. We did the whole rally like season family thing <laughs> that yeah. you might do while the riots were going on. Yeah. <coughs> but my pa- you know, oh, I mean, I remember um, when I was in elementary school in Berkeley. Like, I was. If tear gas floated over the schoolyard, they sent us all wow, inside. You know, wow, it, was, wow. it was a bit. It was like, it was no. Um, yeah. It was a real dangerous and. Exciting thing. And the thing but I think what what it did for the kids in Berkeley at that time because when I got to high school we were all it was a very mature scene. Right. And I think it's because we grew up in this town Mm -hmm. where people were fighting, they were burning police cars in the streets of our little city. Right. Because of a war happening all the way on the other side of the world. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it gives you the sense that there's something bigger than yourself, right? And that, you know, so, so like people talk about high school, you know, like those mm-hmm. high school movies where everything's so petty and everything's like, that. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was some of that, but not, mm-hmm. not that kind of thing, right? I mean, we had a lot of racial tension. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. I mean, Berkeley High School, Berkeley's a funny town. They they have a whole bunch of little elementary schools, right? And then some slightly bigger, school, bigger schools, and right. then they have. I guess now they have two what they call now call middle schools. We call them junior high schools. Right. Yeah. They have two of those, and then when I was in high school, there were so many kids mm-hmm. that the ninth grade wasn't even at the high school because there wasn't oh. room for us. Uh-huh. So they used they had a third middle school, and they would used that for the uh-huh. ninth grades, so and the ninth grade was all by ourselves. So then, like the whole school was together, the whole mm-hmm. city sure. was together in the. Ninth grade, and then moved to the high school, which was thirty five hundred students, just in three grades. Right. We didn't even, you know, that like if they had a general assembly, they had in the community theater. Right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't room for all of us. Right. Right.
0: Did you have any siblings?
1: Um, I do. I have a younger brother, and I have five step siblings.
0: Okay. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But did you grow up with your brother? I did. Okay. Got
1: it. I grew up with my brother. We grew up in Berkeley, um, so I went all through the Berkeley schools. And I started acting when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah? Um, Yeah, I was in a Campfire Girls production of Cinderella, Mm -hmm. and that was the end. (laughs) Mm. Okay. I said, okay, this is what I do. There you Mm. go. I was, what, six? (laughs) (laughs) Four. <laughs> mm. <laughs> was pretty little. Wow, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you you got bit by the bug early. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I did, and and so then you know I did that. I, I've always been a, a little bit of a generalist and a little bit of a dabbler, but mm. I did go to acting school. I went to um, a conservatory program at the at ACT as a teenager, oh, okay. mm-hmm. and then um, I went to the drama studio London, which was in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I worked as an actor. And I finally found myself in my mid-30s thinking I'm going to be a waitress when I'm 40. So oh. I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> right. Uh,
1: so I went to college and got a degree in economics.
2: Mm. And <laughs> wow.
1: Which was... Well, I didn't want to get a degree. I mean, people were like, "Why don't you get a theater degree?" I was like, "Are you kidding?"
2: I'm doing theater. Right. I've, right, been, exactly, I, yeah. I've
1: already learned that. In right. fact, I tested out of the art requirement. I was like, "You know what? Here's my resume. I uh-huh. don't have to take a breadth requirement in right. art. Mm. I know from art."
3: Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you know, I right. I'd, I'd rather take, you know, something else. Something I don't. Yeah. know. Something I don't know anything about. Yeah. So so yeah, I well, I was interested in social science and. I went to Mills in Oklahoma. Oh, oh nice, says, yeah. um, Which was really cool for an older student. It was super great not mm-hmm. to have to deal with teenage boys. hmm It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're t- teenage girls, but mm-hmm. they're not as bad. Right. <laughs> um, and um, it was – so then I, g- I got out of college, and I went back into the theater. Mm-hmm. I got a job um, – Working for a commercial producer, oh, uh-huh. so I then I worked in commercial production for a while. Yeah, hmm. this is in the and '80s. It, it was no, it was in the early late '90s. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. got yeah, it. Yeah, and then um, and then so then and then two thousand one happened. Right, right. There oh yeah. remember there was like this big event. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was. And before that, there had been the dot-com crash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And we we managed a couple of theaters in in downtown San Francisco, Mm -hmm. Union Square, the Mason Street Theater and the Union Square Playhouse. So we managed both those theaters. And we just couldn't get any tenants. I mean, nobody wanted to produce a show. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody was going back to church. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) so so, um, that fell apart. And. I was sort of wandering around figuring out what to do next and I you know I started a little business I got married my mother died all this stuff happened (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and so it was really 12 years before I went back to acting so I I acted like my all through high school and afterwards and and then I went to college and then just all of this stuff happened Mm -hmm. and um, then somebody um, Fred Wickham who was a And the improviser came into my office Mm -hmm. um, at Producers Network and said, (coughs) he was trying to get us to produce a one-man show that he had Uh, done at uh the Marsh. And it was fine, but it wasn't the kind of thing we were going to produce. Right. It's not commercial. (laughs) We're commercial production. And um, he, but he said, you know, he just started like chatting me up, like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing and what are you doing here and who are you? And I said, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I'm really an actress, but I'm this is what i do right and he said you should come and improvise with us hmm and i was like oh no i don't do that <laughs> and, and he, he said no 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 it's it's nothing just come right. it's like and at the time it was jim cranna i don't know whether you yeah, guys know of him course. but he he taught this class at Fort Mason. Forever. He taught the class for 30 years. Yeah.
0: Is this different and from Bats? No, it it's different, different from Bats. bats. Okay. It was yeah. a drop it's a,
2: an older style actually. He was of yeah,
1: yeah, he was a member of the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and this class was so wonderful. And I I went in there. On the Saturday, it was $5, mm-hmm. right? Which is like wow. $5 for a three-hour class. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's free.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, what have you got to lose, right. right? How bad can it be? So I went in. I went every Saturday for six years.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was
1: – it just – it completely changed my life. And then in while I was in there, my friend Catherine Murphy, who mm-hmm. had also joined the mm-hmm. thing when I started, she – was a playwright. She says, oh, I've written this play. I want to do a stage reading of it. I was wondering if you'd read the part mm-hmm. of that's based on Clytemnestra." And I was like, oh, sure, without reading the play. I mean, uh, I just right. said yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hmm, I might be a little hungry for this. And then, you know, we did this, we did the stage reading, uh-huh. and after we did that, I like, oh, now my husband's going to hear this. Uh-huh. I, w- I, s- I, s- I was like, I an actor. I don't care if my <laughs> husband divorces <laughs> me. I mean, he he had never seen me on stage. He, oh didn't, wow. he didn't even know me as an actor. Yeah. And so I, I went home and I I said, you know, I, I have to do this. I have to be an actor. And he was like, well, fine, <laughs> <laughs> do <with> you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still have to support yourself, right? But, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so <laughs> it's like. That was, a, that, that was like, no risk. Um, so then I slowly started getting back into it. And then, you know, I went to three – I went to a bunch of auditions in one day and got three callbacks and did, you know, did a bunch of shows. And, like, the first couple of shows that I did, um, I did a community theater production of a Somerset Mom play mm. called Lady Frederick. Mm-hmm. It was the most wonderful ego-boosting part. For one thing, oh. it's a star vehicle. She has half the, mm-hmm. half the lines in the play.
0: Jeez. Wow. Well, it, heavy was lifting. Comu- it was
1: community theater. I was mm-hmm. a good actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, they were like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> do you, remember, do you <laughs> she could do th- that
0: part. Do you remember the theater company?
1: It was called the San Leandro Players. It was okay. like a, oh. uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, but what's wonderful about this part is that she gets five marriage proposals in this place. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it was, I was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. And then, the, then the next thing I did was the homecoming at mm-hmm. Off-Broadway West, mm. which is... Pinter, yeah. Yeah, Pinter. But it's also mm-hmm. like this crazy, right. sexy, you know, like... And I was like, oh, wow, well, I thought I was past this, but I thought I was going to play the mom and the maid and stuff, mm-hmm. but not anymore. So now I'm playing the mom and the maid. But yeah, that was, when was that? That would have been, gosh, 2005, something like that. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. So since then, I've been, i worked a lot with Off-Broadway West. Yeah. Um, and did I you, did, did you, a couple uh, shows at Central Works. Mm-hmm. And I've done, you know, I did, I did a bunch of little stuff. I mean, I haven't done really big things. I'm I'm woefully unambitious. I'm, mm. really, I'm not a very good sort of self promoter, and I'm mm. really not willing to do anything that I don't want to do. <coughs> but it sounds mm-hmm. like you're com-
0: you're comfortable. I mean, are you? There are a lot of actors who are frustrated. It's like, wow, I'm trying to, you know, they, they're hustling, they're going to auditions, they can't deal with the rejection, mm-hmm. they want to go to New York or whatever. But it sounds like you're comfortable. I mean, are you well, comfortable?
1: yeah, you know, I live here. This yeah. is, I mean, I, this, is, I, this is my life. I live right. here. And I'm, it, I have, I mean, I went to high school with, I mean, there's 20 people in my address book mm-hmm. that are professionals in the Bay Area. I mean it's like uh, or or in Los Angeles. I mean it's mm-hmm. like uh, you know we it it at Berkeley High at the time there was a it was really a professional program they had separated into um sub-schools and right. based on the New York City model. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the School of the Arts right. and a whole bunch of us y- you know became they 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 became professionals and uh-huh. they they took us seriously as kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we were expected to show up and do our stuff and right. not, you know, and work hard. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, in a way, I'm not frustrated because I'm also really into the do-it-yourself model, mm-hmm. and um, i made a couple of, f- three or four films with a friend of mine. Yeah. That uh, we just, she just makes these movies, and we make them together, cool. and then, you know, I mean, I'd love to do more stuff, Mm -hmm. but I only want to do something I really want to do. It Mm -hmm. takes a lot of time, theater. Oh, yeah. And and, um, so I have to be into your project, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I do it. Because usually, you know, in theater, as an actor, Mm -hmm. it's somebody else's project. Mm -hmm. You're facilitating somebody else's work.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. And that's great. But it's like this thing that – it's this art form that other people let you do. Yeah. Right? And so I also sing. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: that's (laughs) what you were saying.
1: I sing with a a large ensemble called Conspiracy of Venus. Mm -hmm. There's between 25 and 30 of us. We're Mm -hmm. all women. We sing original arrangements of popular music. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: and you've never seen anything like it
0: hmm. <laughs> yeah we have to we have to where, uh, com- where,
1: where, it it. where well our next show will be on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. at um, what's it called Old First Church in San Francisco it's in Sacramento and oh. maybe Venice hmm.
0: do you guys have a website
1: we do it's conspiracyvenus.com. okay oh. we'll have a look we're, we're on Facebook and <laughs> uh-huh. Twitter and Very cool. all yeah, of nice. those things we've been going for 10 years or mm-hmm. 12 years Huh. um you may have heard of the Conspiracy of Beards. Mm-hmm. And they Vaguely, they yeah. sing, well, they're a men's a cappella chorus. Right. And they sing only the works of Leonard Cohen.
2: Oh, oh right. Yes, That's I have heard All they yes, do. Yes.
1: And um, at some point, some 12 years ago or something, they, they said, oh, you know, we should found a women's choir. And Joyce Todd McBride, who's our director, mm-hmm. um, caught wind of this somehow. And she just sort of said to them, I'm doing this. I am the only person that you are even interviewing for this job. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. do this <laughs> so she m- made it happen. She does all the arrangements. She's a genius well, um, mm-hmm. arranger mm-hmm. she's a you know she claims to like she read music before she could read kind of person no oh. you know she's mm-hmm. a wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful musician, mm-hmm. excellent pianist and vocalist and teacher and she directs our ensemble.
0: Oh. Very nice. Um, I was going to ask you, were you in? um, There's a poster that Off Raw We West did, Lady of the Camellias. No,
1: that was before my time.
0: That was before your time. I wanted to know if you were on stage with Barbara because I know that Barbara was an actress as well.
1: That was Barbara and um, Joyce. uh, What was her last name? Uh oh, this is terrible. I'm I'm putting you on your spot. (laughs) I (laughs) remember her name.
0: Yeah. But I did want to ask about Off Broadway West. Uh, if there, I mean, the Harders have moved to Washington. Um, is anything happening with it? Uh, and also, you and I were talking about uh, just the demise of a lot of theater companies because mm-hmm. just um, you know it's just getting too expensive to to fund. I think theatre. it's also just time, though. Honestly, you well, know.
1: I mean, yeah, theater thing companies come and go. They do. <coughs> um, off Broadway West is still exists uh, in theory uh, Adam and I could still yeah. use and we have talked about um, yeah. but not pursued pursuing yeah. uh, it's a matter of funding I guess right well it's partly f- it's funding and doing um, projects with other companies yeah. um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm concerned now this year, about this AB five thing oh, and yeah. what how what kind of impact that really has on a small nonprofit theater company yep. I don't know if I read the law really um, simply it seems to me like I have to put everybody on the payroll That's or everybody yeah. has to be a volunteer
2: right
3: yeah
1: um, both it was, it bo- and it seems like both things are not don't work with our model right and um,
2: with many.
3: <laughs> and I, and models, I think yeah. and
1: so I'm a little bit concerned about what's going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think it might it might be that they'll get carve outs. I know that Equity is going to fight like yeah. crazy to prevent a carve out for actors. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. seem it seems to me like they don't. Um, Equity is doing this thing where they're not really acknowledging that there is there's another place. There's this place where they've always
2: fought against it. I, yeah. But
1: there's this place where theaters have funding yeah and can pay salaries oh yeah. and should do so
3: yeah and then right. there's
1: the commercial realm right. in which they absolutely <clears> must. must yeah right, right. Uh, but then there has to be some kind of an apprenticeship place for stage managers I think and not costumers just apprenticeship, and
2: but um you know it's an art and so that's the other thing. trying like to put it in the business in a strictly business model doesn't work when it's an art form and there are all kinds of people who do it for all kinds of reasons. Uh, no, equity has always had a problem with this. Equity, um, in fact, I remember at one point, I'm not sure if they even changed the contract, but everybody on the BAP, uh, the they changed it. No, that um, it said that you were the professionals and the non-professionals. And as an equity actor, a bunch of us were just like, we would encourage you not to sign this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're signing contracts so we're going to sign our, our you know our agreement the agreement that they have to sign with uh, the union we're encouraging you not to participate in this if it labels you as unprofessional as a non-professional
1: i once had to sign a contract that said i was a local jobber mm-hmm. which i thought was um, hmm. it, you know I, I i was like i'm not a local jobber what's that I think you might been, be a local job. Well, but that's a technical <laughs> term, but uh, it's a it didn't sound very nice to me. It, yeah. <laughs> sound, it sounded to me like it didn't acknowledge the fact that even though I'm a non-union actor, mm. and there isn't room in the union for me, right. so, you know, uh, that's... Oh, they'll take anybody's money. <laughs> they will, but the thing is that there are, what, 26 union jobs in the Bay Area, and exactly. they go to the same 27 well. people, and... So uh, there's not a job for me. Mm. So, uh, and, and also I, um, I like the little do-it-yourself model. Right. I like that place. Mm. I like the, mm. I like the theater in your lap. Yeah. I like the, um, I like the sort of low budget, yeah. low, s- sort of yeah. low stakes, but high energy, mm.
3: yeah.
1: um, approach to uh, like that sort of edgy thing and I right. think that that they when they got rid of the waiver they sort of they they sort of screwed us over in the Bay Area. Yeah.
0: I, I get the sense that A B five was designed to protect employees from let's say big corporations or corporations oh. that have money like yeah. Uber and That's Lyft and, and what to have you. But <laughs> it's it's having an adverse effect by affecting local companies that weren't that never had the money to begin with, you know, and I mean once upon a it, time it affects artists yeah. just oh, as musicians well.
1: Musicians and
0: musicians, musicians
1: yeah. and sure. painters and yeah. Yeah. all all kinds of people and the thing is that there that was actually an existing model this, this, it's the subcontract. These, right. these Uber and Lyft and DoorDash content, yeah. and what have you. Those people took advantage yeah. of this existing, sy- yeah. existing sure. system, which was, which was fine. Yeah. For people who were individual little right. businesses on their own. I mean, I'm who I were tru-
2: who were truly free to set your own schedule or take or not take a job. As
3: Actually, and, yeah, in right.
2: the, and Uber and Lyft, you don't really have that freedom. They claim you do, but you really don't. They, they You know, the economic servitude of those positions is unreal.
1: Well, they don't unreal. pay enough, so that it, it's like they're not they, – and the, the thing is that the side hustle right. is not yeah. the same as a gig.
3: Right, a exactly. A gig
1: is an artistic effort, and so calling that the gig economy, I mean, it's right. like calling right. – People who work for computer companies, creatives—that's right. not art. <laughs> it may be using right. creativity, but it's not art. Right. And art is a is a separate system that is being sh- has been for years shoehorned into the commercial world. Right. And it, you know that's a problem with capitalism,
3: yeah. and
1: you know our economic model, and the fact that we don't have a public support for the arts. So right. we. Yeah. But but the thing is that many many artists carved out a little place yeah. to have a life for themselves yeah. sure. as independent artists. Yes. And that's why the Schedule C exists. Yeah. And so, and anyway.
0: No, yeah. no, no, no. You it's bring it's up there, a very good, it's good it's point. A huge, I mean, that's... You, you talked current. about, you know, coming in, like, getting involved in theater, or like getting back involved in theater in the late 90s. I came in at the exact same time. I came here in 97 and followed an AOL post, you know, this is back when they were a bulletin sure. boards and stuff sure. like that. Little company called Base Stage, and there was a guy who had, I think, I don't know, some money. He was retired, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to create theater. He was right. a writer, and he could rent out a space. He rented out the the um, the Contra Costa Civic Theater, and we did some shows there. And we did the uh, the Fringe Festival, and we you know we did our little gigs and we got our little artistic creativity. And now you can't rent out space anymore because it's it's way too expensive, and plus it's AB five now. You have to pay people. You know, because uh, apparently, air quotes. You know, you're defranchising them because you're not paying them enough.
1: Or ask mm-hmm. them to volunteer. Yeah, which is the it's. It seems like that's the other thing. It's like because we used to get. You know, we pay people as much as we could. Right. Maybe we'd say and and it maybe not. It it's not very much. It was five hundred dollars right. or something. Right. It amounted to bus fare. Right. But. But the thing is, it was it wasn't bus fare. Right. It was five hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. And you can spend it on bus fare if you yeah. want. Yeah. But you can walk. Yeah. You don't have to. Right.
2: Uh, you don't have to justify You, you don't. don't have you, nobody's justi- asking you don't have for to bring receipts. your receipts. Yeah. Yet. But mm-hmm. now, yeah. what
1: the you know, I noticed a uh, production company which I won't ma- name is now doing a show. They haven't canceled their show. They're doing a show in the summer. But they're saying they're only doing it with volunteers. They're reimbursing for expenses. Mm. And um, these are people who really wanted to go the equity model. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know these women, and it's not, Uh you know, it's a, so I think it's a really, like this really unfortunate consequence Mm -hmm. of a law that was, trying to go after something that is a genuine problem. I mean, right. I think that the yep. Uber and Lyft are providing a service, mm-hmm. but the people who are providing the actual service <coughs> right. are getting screwed. Yep. of course they are. I yeah. always oh yeah. feel oh yeah. like if, you know, the few times when I do take one of those services, mm-hmm. I get out of the car and I look at how much it costs and I think, how can
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: It is not. Yeah. So so uh, and I talk to them. How are they making a living? They're working sixty hours a week. Right. They're wearing out their car. They're driving or from Stockton to Sacramento. Well, they've yeah. got. Bo- they're doing everything. Yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, you know, late stage it's capitalism it's is such a y- bummer.
2: A good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's.
0: it's and, and you talk about these corporate. I mean, you know, the actual folks who actually run Uber and Lyft and, and right. all the others. They've got tons of money, but, of course, none of that money is being put into, you know. they don't
1: really. That's the thing. Yeah. The the companies actually are not profitable. No, no, no. We're just saying the
2: people are getting paid.
3: The the CEOs are getting paid. They They get
1: money from venture capitalists. They spend it on executives and office workers and office furniture, but they're not actually – making money. Yeah. And the people who are doing the work yeah. are super screwed. And yeah. I, I mean so I think that, that you know their business model is is so exploitive. Yeah. That yeah. that but and of course there are also theater companies that are exploitive. Of that course. has certainly right. happened. Sure. But it's not in the same way. I mean, at least right. for one thing, somebody's giving you a ride mm-hmm. downtown, right. what are they getting out of it? They're just giving you a ride. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're given an opportunity to play Hamlet sure. in a situation where you might not otherwise get to play Hamlet, right. you're getting to play Hamlet. Yeah. So there's something that you're getting out of it in yeah. exchange for what you're giving them. Now, I... I don't like to work without being paid, and mm-hmm. I think I'm too old and too accomplished not mm-hmm. to be paid. Right. I, uh, that yeah. I resent Agreed. that. I think, I think everyone uh, should be paid, yeah. yeah. I think everybody should be paid, but I also think that, that people should have an opportunity. If you and uh, – if the three of us decide, okay, we're going to do uh, – I don't know. What's that play? One of those – that three-person plays, you know, we're going to do this yeah, play. Uh, waiting betrayal. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, we're going to do betrayal. We're going to just put it up, yeah. and we're going to do it, yeah. and we're charge whatever we charge, and we mm. might not pay ourselves, right. and we'll have to hire a stage manager, yep. and, and and we have to start a payroll, and we have to do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's – it seems like an invasion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're supposed to be
0: about freedom. <laughs> yeah. So they'll, they'll hopefully there'll be a provision within AB, you know, whatever it is, to say, hey, there's an exclusion for, let's say, companies that make less than, you know, if I have to submit a W-2 or, let's say, some tax. This thing is th- approved to th- say that I don't have that much money. You know, I'm not the Uber. I'm not the Lyft. I'm not the it's big.
2: Theater it's company. just going to be a mess. It's and too
1: bad that yeah. it even started. I think
2: it's the new Prop 13. It, it will linger. It will be nibbled at. Mm hmm but they won't actually go in and I don't think they'll go in and take it down and and I think people are going to find all kinds of ways to try and get around it or yeah go you know hopefully go under the radar and you will see people get busted which you know, it's going to cause controversy because, you, yeah, yeah why, are you, why are you closing down that theater company that's
0: been here I and mean, been v- well, seeing nobody's what nobody's going to get
1: busted unless somebody complains. That that's what that's I was going to say. EDD if, if, if is yeah. not going around going on.
0: Let's say if you have an opportunistic um, lit, litigious stage manager or stage hand or someone is like, hey, mm-hmm. I want to get paid, you know, and so I'm going to sue or, or something like that. Well, not just that, but you're going to have equity.
1: Equity. I think
0: equity is going to use this as an opportunity to go.
2: You guys can't keep doing what you're doing.
1: Well, and and, and the thing is, they have a point, but they have the, There's a blood from stone problem. Yeah, I know. There's not the problem is there isn't this huge pile of money that right. is going into theater. Right. There's a huge pile of money that's going into television. Right. There's uh-huh. a huge pile of money that's going into other kinds of ventures, but there's no venture capital investing in Off-Broadway West. Right, That sure. is not happening. Right, yeah. We're a not-for-profit, we're, I think we're classified as a charitable organization.
3: Uh-huh.
1: One of those, a community sure. service or charitable, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what, I've worked with a lot of nonprofits, but it's, so it's, it's like, and that, that's also the question, are nonprofits does this apply to nonprofits? Well, yeah. if, if it doesn't mm-hmm. apply to nonprofits, then ACT don't have to pay nobody. Right. But if it does apply to nonprofits, then Off-Broadway West has to have a payroll. Right. And we're out of business. We right. Because, yeah. because we struggle to raise $10,000 to right. draw it in production. Right. And we sell we perform in a 50-seat theater. We're yeah. never making enough money right. to put everybody on the payroll, theater, yeah. even if we only rehearse for three weeks yeah. and we only right. do one-person shows. I mean, right. it's just...
2: No, I no, no, it's it's going to kill... It won't kill it. That's what I'm saying. It won't kill it. People will either just try to produce under the radar or they will find new models for producing. It's not... Sol- they're not solving the problem. <clears throat> they're creating a problem I don't think they're going to solve. i But
1: we'll see, see, even like the... The stipends that the community theaters pay now—that mm. it, it, are they going to do that anymore? I mean, it's—it right. seems like, and and equity. I don't know. I just feel like they c- they could. They could try to find some way to ally with. But the
2: they won't're they're, they're horrible about it they you, they practically hate producers, which amazes me. what they say is that that is outside of their realm
1: right that's not their job yeah yeah they they advocate for actors they
2: but they the but manager. the way they do that is to go after producers and it's like, well, then you would want to nurture that culture wouldn't you if that's who pays us <laughs> You would want to help.
0: You would want to come up with policies that nurture them. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me, so I (coughs) work in the DA's office, and I was part of a union, which at one point was part of the Police Officers Association, Uh until (coughs) they basically said, hey, look, you guys are paralegals. We really don't want you a part of our union anymore because you're screwing us up for other things. I get the sense that equity, when we talk about Actors Equity Association, they're focusing on the equity actors who are making big bucks working with big productions. And are bringing in, you know, money, you know, monthly fees or whatever. Mm. They're supposed to be focusing on everyone who's who's equity, but I think it, it sounds like from what I'm saying is an annoyance. I, 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 what I they're wouldn't. looking
2: at is mm-hmm. is, and what they look at with any company, any producer they go after is, what is your annual budget? Mm-hmm. So, like Shotgun right now is fussing; they're having a fuss with equity um, because they've got a big they've got a big annual budget. Yes, they have a facility that they manage, Mm -hmm. and that should come into the equation, but it barely does. Equity doesn't want to pay attention to that, and so it's awkward. So it isn't that they're just trying to take care of the big folks. They're trying to say, anybody who's making money, we want to make sure that a decent percentage of your money is going to the actors.
0: Mm -hmm. Which which is fair. They just need to know... Who are they're talking to?
2: Well, and it's, what's not fair is then they've set their their tiers, mm-hmm. and that tier means that a small company that has any other expenses besides the actors is suddenly being told, "Hey, you've got to put
0: all this money towards your actors," and it's just unreal, unrealistic. And everybody else, just know, is the, difference, know, yeah. difference, know the difference, know the difference mm-hmm. between ACT and Off Broadway West. Yeah, you know.
1: Well, and well, they
2: the they do by tiers, but that tier still leaves Off Broadway West. Just totally screwed. Mm. <laughs> well,
1: and 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 also, I just don't. I know there's. There seems to be like there's there's a difference between a tiny, uh, you know, a nonprofit and a local institution. Mm-hmm. And be just because we're both 501 c N C threes, doesn't mean that that we're the same model right and or even the same right or, or that, that we even have the same purpose in society sure right that we're providing a, a different different service right. to the community and we don't even serve the same people right and and the thing is that it would be better for off-broadway West to be able to charge 10 bucks for people to come right mm-hmm. we have to charge Forty—it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah,
0: and and hope people will buy it, and
1: hope people buy it, right, and then we have to discount it. You know, I mean, right. it's just—it's—it's right. a—it's—it's it's a messed up model. And you know, public funding for the arts would help. Right. And and I think that I mean, in a way, equity is calling. They're they're sort of saying you know, you they're calling the bluff of the community, just sort of saying you should support. You want this, you should pay for it.
2: Right.
3: But they are. But
1: that's the Capitalist model. It is, and no, they're and definitely and working that, within a capitalist structure. And that everything, so that implies that everything. Oh, sorry, I didn't turn that off. Ah. It's okay. <laughs> everything that um, that that exists has to pay for itself, mm-hmm. and that right. That so then that means that we're going to get more um, musicals. Right. And, um, the safe stuff. Detective right. story yeah. comedies. Right. Right. Yeah. And less
0: um, and things that and Shakespeare. Yeah. And see, I'm getting into writing and now, and that, I, that screws a guy, li- a person like me, or mm-hmm. Lynn Aylward, or right. let's say Conrad or Jeannie, who are new writers, who are like, right. "Hey, this is a new piece. Sorry, we can't do any new pieces because we don't know if that's going to bring in the audience. Right. And we've got to have a, we have a business model. Mm-hmm. You know, right.
1: And see, and I just think that that's. Um, a really unfortunate circumstance, I think that we need to we need to be in a situation where um, we can make art, yeah, and we we can be acknowledged as artists mm-hmm. and and Because the thing is i mean i'm a oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a real art for art's sake model. sure, sure. Can I go turn my phone off? Uh, Absolutely. Well we're,
0: and we're getting to all right, it I it I know, dead. Well, we're in the one-hour mark. I did have a, one quick question, but I guess we can – I wanted to ask you, what, the, what do you think the future of, of Bay Area theater would be? Uh, are you optimistic given, this, optimistic? given this Well, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think the
1: Bay Area is in a real a real problem with the um, with our economics. Yeah. I, think that, I think that all of the artists – I'll get your pocket. You can just bring my book up. <laughs> you can keep talking. You could just – you probably see it. Um, mm-hmm. All of the artists in the Bay Area can't afford to live here unless mm-hmm. their parents own a house. That's right. And um, you know, I used to live in an artist community not far from here, down on um, Fifth Avenue. Oh. You know? Uh huh. And um, those people have been there for a long time. and It seems like they've turned themselves into a nonprofit. I'm gonna have to go over and check them out. Mm-hmm. But the. So I, I think that the, there's this, this squeeze that's happening to everybody is mm-hmm. hitting artists, and I think that the in general the cultural scene in the Bay Area is changing, and it's changing right. in a very unattractive way. I think mm-hmm. that we, we 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 used to be able to have really. Uh, you could just try something. Mm-hmm. You could just do something
3: mm-hmm.
1: edgy, experimental, political, ugly, wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was it was cheap enough that you could just do it. Right. Whereas here this it's too expensive to do anything. Um, and and furthermore the a lot of the young people who are moving into the area who mm-hmm. have the money to spend on it aren't interested in mm-hmm. right. Um, they're well they're not interested in traditional theater. I mean we right. can get them to come to some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, but they're also just the cult- That culture is really different. Yeah, and I think that I, I mean, I think that it's possible that in out ad- of adversity, some kind of interesting flowering could occur as a result of the discomfort that we're right. all feeling. Yeah. but. If the rents get too high and people can't, s- right. th- It's going to happen someplace else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you're exactly it's, right. It's not going to be here.
2: Yeah. It's no. It's change is change is coming, and whether it's cultural change or economic change, which forces cultural change, I think it's. It both. seems like it's coming quick.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I think we're in a very um, tumultuous period. Because that's there's
2: people. a new um, there's a new comedy club downtown Oakland on mm. Telegraph. Yeah. And I wanted to ask a working comedian who I know. If he knew about it, well, we were walking one night, and we walked by there, and just stepped in, and I grabbed a card. I get home, and I go on Facebook to, to check in with this other comedian, and he's posted that he's getting ready to do a, a host a thing there. Uh-huh. I was like, uh, so there's my answer. You know, I was, because I wanted to ask him, is this something you know about, and is it is it legitimate? Yeah. And. It's legitimate in the sense that a bunch of young folks, grad students from Chicago, I think, moved out here and decided they wanted to do this, and they got the storefront somehow, and they've they've turned it into a performance space, and they're doing enough so that now those established it? people. It's right on Telegraph. It's right near the new parkway. If you walk off of whatever that uh-huh, little side street uh-huh. is, it's right across the street. Huh. And uh, on Telegraph. On Telegraph. And yeah, I should find the name oh, that, of it because like –
1: Across from, like, the Korean grocery and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, up
2: on the other side of the intersection, yeah, uh-huh. across the street. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and so that or Ubuntu, um, mm-hmm. there are people, like, the Ubuntu model is cracking me up because what they are bringing... What is they Well, they're, they are committed to doing... It's really hard to sort of say. Um, they are committed to diversity. They are committed to telling other people's stories, but they also are... Committed to looking at that's I did um, Death of a Salesman with them. Um, they have since done Streetcar, and street I forget which they just. Oh, Long Day's Journey. They just did uh, last season, this season, this last fall. They did a Long Day's Journey in tonight um, with Kathleen Ridley as the um, as the mother, as yeah. Mary. I'm like. It's exciting because they're not changing I think the, te- they are the scripts. Exciting. and yeah. They are, but they also have this army of volunteers to come and help them do all the stuff. And mm, that's not a sustainable model.
1: Well, it's You can get away
2: with it for three or four. <laughs> well, no, but yeah. I mean. But I'm they a, are
1: paying equity actors. I'm an equi- actors. Yeah, they're yeah, so equity. they're paying equity actors. So an and then these
2: other people are volunteering. Are and right. Then there are com- people who are committed to them and working and trying to get their craft yeah. going. But, like, I remember one actor. I became aware of him through them, and then I tried to get in touch with him. Well, he had gone up an audition and got in at Ashland. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so how how much is their commitment to bringing in that new talent, and are they recognizing that that new talent is going to come in and immediately get sucked up? To that next level, are they able to
0: sustain that? Mm-hmm. That's my question. Uh, and I was also going to th- talk about Anton's Well. I mean, they have a model that sort of works. <coughs> and, yeah, I mean, you know. You Except could build that he's it. feeling jammed up now because oh, he can no longer use can't BAPs. Find a
1: place to, yeah, and he can't use the BAP. See, that's the thing. The BAP is like you got to use it three times. Three supposedly years three, and three years. years.
2: And that's, and, the, and that's I, I need to look at it again because it didn't used to say three years in a row. It said you couldn't average more than six years in a three-year period.
1: I that this was this fight with them. I'll, oh. I'll go over it with you later. No, no,
2: no. no. I've, I've heard lots of people. I've talked to <laughs> a bunch of people about this. And, you know, I, I'm shocked at, basically part of it becomes a, how much are you willing to fight with equity before you just say you know screw this? I'm not going to hassle this, and that's what Anton's well has done. He's like, I'm just going to let it go because meaning no equity actors, no more equity actors in his shows. Which which screws you? Which we were talking, we were trying to find a project, and it was like, uh, and I said, you know, I said I'll go to bat, and then I talked to some other people about it, and yeah, he had not over, he had not gone beyond what they what it says. But their interpretation—two
1: different ways to read the language. Yeah,
2: the way they want to interpret it Mm. makes it very difficult to get beyond that. And you, I talked to people who said we did, but it was fight, 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 fight until finally equity kind of said, "Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna let you." And you know, sometimes that takes a year or more. You don't have time for that, especially when you aren't getting paid. Yeah, (laughs) to do this, who, who's got the? It's like fighting. It's like when a corporation sends their lawyers at you. You may be right. (laughs) But, but you don't have the time and money right. to go to court to actually fight it to right, yeah. prove that you're right. You just have to suck it up. And So, yeah, equity keeps killing companies. But other places like Ubuntu and whatever grow up. And one of the things Ubuntu did is they had an angel that gave them a huge grant a couple of years ago. And that put them on a level where hopefully they are scrambling to sustain that level so of funding. So
1: they kind of have an endowment. They They got some
2: money, and that was, I think, for the one season. I don't know how much that trickled forward, but once you start doing five or six shows a season, Mm -hmm. you got to find that, and your prices are so low, you've got to find that funding stream. So that's what I'm excited. That's what excites me about the Bay Area scene is to look at those people and go. I hope you get it together. I'm bummed that Pair. The Pair um used to have equity and oh, last I heard they don't.
1: Yeah.
2: Um Dragon Theater is brand new and seems to be doing really well. And I'm like, um yeah, they
1: probably not ready to hire <coughs> equity actors. Because yeah. the thing is that even with the bap that with the bap the thing is that the rule was that nobody on the staff could be paid more than the right. equity actor. Yeah. So you pay, you know, you pay your set builder a thousand dollars and you pay your equity actor a thousand dollars right and you pay your stage manager two hundred dollars and right. the other actors the other yeah. three actors on stage get paid two hundred dollars. Right. And it's like why should I do that? And it's like right. Mil- right. Melissa Hillman said this oh, I'm not gonna do that. Right. That's why I don't hire equity actors. Because yeah, no, I'm no. not gonna pay one actor five times what I'm gonna pay the other people.
2: Yeah, no it's you know and that and that comes at a a cost in terms of what access you have to talent, so yeah, no equity, I don't think equity is the villain in this piece, but the system is set up in such a way that equity is just kind of going, we're gonna draw a line here, and it's about money, and we're not going to consider anything else and like oh okay, in well, a capitalist system
1: and and so what they're basically saying is, you guys go get money from somebody. Right. And and otherwise be volunteers
2: and don't use our talent. Right.
1: Well, don't use our talent. But the thing is, but now with this A B five, you can't I mean, I don't want to work for free. Right. No, I thank your
0: pardon. Yeah, exactly. No, I you know.
2: know, and and I think <sighs> equity was a part of that. So I'm like, oh, because it definitely is in the same philosophical mode as equity. Yeah, it's is. hard
0: to to fight against your own union. Like, oh, wait a minute, I'm I'm you guys are supposed to advocate for me, right? Yeah, yeah. and we've no, had no, this conversation yeah. where Equity is like, no, 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 you because you, you know you've had to sort of educate companies about what equity is. To, to I'm get not them to the understand. only one. Yeah. yeah.
2: Begging yeah. companies to and say, "Please to understand like this." That. <laughs> well, I, what I like is it does. I like the standards that equity. You know, that's why I became oh, an yeah. equity actor. Is I'm safe. Yeah. There's insurance. That's right. You, um, you can't ask me. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> right. You can't say, "Oh, we started half an hour late, so we're going to run half an hour longer." No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You told me rehearsal was until ten. It's ten. That's right. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, so I like that side of the debate, but yeah, the economic side of it is totally in the capitalist mode, and it doesn't make space for art. And
1: and it doesn't acknowledge the reality on the ground in this area. They changed the rules for the Bay Area, and they they got rid of the waiver, and the waiver actually was a functioning thing for a long time. And they, they basically just said, if you have... Less than ninety nine seats, you can do X, right? Mm-hmm. And but now it's like it, they don't care. You got fifty seats, right? Too bad. Sell the tickets or well, yeah. don't do the show. You
0: still got to bring in this much money. Yeah. 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 What a shame. All right, we've hit the hour. We've hit the hour and a half mark. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, we talked a lot of politics. Yes, <laughs> we, we did.
0: <laughs> we're we're cool. Which is very very yes. cool. Um, Birthdays. Shout outs. for birthday. Birthdays. Yeah, um, no,
3: no,
1: Joy m-
2: Meads. Yes. Um, is at uh, Joy Meads was a Bay Area person, very much involved in development and uh, dramaturgy. Um, went away.
1: At ACT. <laughs> and yeah. now
2: she has come back and she's at ACT. So it's her birthday today. Uh, Denmo Ibrahim, I'm mispronouncing that, I'm sure, um, is um, somebody I went to college with, went to San Francisco State with, um, and she works a lot with. It's funny, I never know if they're around or not. Fool's Fury, but they just had a big thing.
3: I think they're still around.
2: They are. They just had a big, um, I don't know what they called it, but it was a workshop gala or something. Um, so, and I know that she and some of her collaborators have created their own works a lot using mm. the model that they built through them. So that's been pretty cool. Um, her birthday is today. Catherine Castellanos. Ah. Yeah. Nice. Is she still up at? She was up at Ashland for a minute. She was up I at Ashland saw her last her semester. Last, last
1: uh, Mother her there. Road.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bay Area person she was great who is in done. and she went. She's also gone to New York, and ba- she just she's been working. It's been great. She spends a lot of time on the stage at um, Cal Shakes. Mm-hmm. She's done a few seasons at Cal Shakes. So, and she's such a sweetie. Whenever you deal with her, and she's such a hard worker. She's amazing. Um, and I don't know how I know this actor. His name is Larry Americk Allen. Um, but I know him. He got in touch with me as an actor, um, Native American actor, and he really was pushing that. So anytime those discussions come up, suddenly I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> His birthday's this week. Uh, Holly Maddox, somebody I worked with many, many years ago at um, SF Shakes, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pamela Davis, who worked with us. No. Did she work with us? No. Nope. Pamela Davis worked with uh, Oakland Public Theater. Um, I believe she was. We did a play called Blackballing, which was all about history through the lens of African American history through the lens of sports. Mm. And she played one of our mascots, (laughs) Uh, which was a really ironic role, very fun. Jola Branner, um, I met him at San Francisco State, an amazing dancer, an Afro Haitian dance. Um, but amazing performer as well. He was part of Afro-Pomo-Homos, um, which was big in the late 80s, and then had a resurgence. Um, and he moved to Minneapolis, got married, f- met a fella and they got married, and has been part of that art scene ever since, but his birthday's coming up this week. And then on the other spec- end of the spectrum is Ella Zalon. Mm-hmm. hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. And she's Wendy Belden's daughter, oh, um, yeah. and has been acting uh, yeah, yeah, I know, but <laughs> not so itty Like, yeah. like legal. We we bump into each other at the alley now, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, hey, you're finally legal enough to be here. Because <laughs> the first time, she was like 20, and she said, but they knew her, so they thought, they assumed she was 21 because they knew her. Uh-huh. She'd been coming in with her mom.
3: Uh huh.
2: Um, and the last name I have is Davy Diggs, who you know. America loves now, but we know him as one of ours. Yeah. And came through here, so
0: very
1: nice. Those
2: are the birthdays I have this week,
1: and Martin Luther King.
0: Well, yes, that was on Monday. I don't know Monday. if you ever did any theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's my br- here's my birthday list. Jennifer uh, Mediros. Um, she and I were on stage. We did Candy together, and uh, we had Melissa mm-hmm. um last week, and she talked about uh, her struggling with. Um, Cancer, uh, Hodgkin's oh, right, lymphoma. Yeah. Jennifer is also a cancer survivor, and so I, uh, she's having a happy birthday, and you know she's a cancer survivor, so I want to honor her for hey, that. Hey. Um, yesterday, our friend Lamont Regal. Yeah, I know his birthday. We said happy birthday was yesterday week. exactly, and he was incredible as Matt, uh, when he was in NASA Harold and the Boys uh. off Broadway West. Um, also, uh, Noel Katz. I've talked about Noel Katz. He was a writer. He I told the story last week about how um, I did a show uh, about maybe 25, 30 years oh, ago. Oh, right, yes. And he had a friend who recognized me or whatever, so his birthday is on Friday. Uh, Jackie uh, Castilejo-Guigona, a Philippine actress. Uh, I worked with her at Bendelstift. We did uh, Stories High 14, I believe. Mm. Her birthday is uh, Tomorrow. On Monday, uh, a fellow Ellen tonight. I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and also Sherelle Ilan, who is a uh, LA actress. She's doing some fantastic oh, stuff. So um, happy for her, and happy birthday to her! On Tuesday, Dub Croissant. He is a uh, musician, and I worked with him. We did Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Mm-hmm. Fantastic drummer. Uh, his birthday's Tuesday. Also, um, I have a Javier Serrano. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it.
3: Ah.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, on Thursday, El- Eliza Eliza Bolvin, um, she's a fantastic actress and model. She works in both L.A. and also San Francisco. Oh. She and I worked um, in the uh, musical pl- cafe slash play cafe where we do um, – Musical Cafe, Play Cafe, they work on budding musicians and musical Mm -hmm. writers, uh, 20-minute musicals, Mm -hmm. and so uh, Eliza was in that, so happy birthday to her. Uh, Her birthday is Thursday, and the last thing that I have is Catherine Heck. She is another veteran actress, and I worked with her in 110 in the Shade. Uh, at the Douglas Morrison Theater, and her birthday is Friday.
1: Ah, Shows. Happy birthday.
0: Um, I don't
2: really have – I've got – I'm doing a musical cafe tomorrow afternoon doing a read, but, you know, those aren't public, so (laughs) nobody gets to see it. What a shame. I
0: have three shows. Um, Go for it. I've been pumping a new brain. Um, Our good friend Marla Cox is in that. It runs uh, up until the 26th. That's at the Tabard Theater. Also, Vinegar Tom, we've been talking about that. It's still Shasta, yay. Yeah. Running until uh, it's Sealy's extended. That, until Celia yeah. T- oh, Maurice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. saw her
2: last week in a reading. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, Celia Maurice was in that, and she was, of course, on the Yay, episode 38. And the last show I want to pump is Steel Magnolias at the Chanticleers Theater. That'll be opening February the 7th until March the 1st. Cynthia Logodzinski, uh, a good friend of mine, and we were on stage together. We did The Skin of Our Teeth. In uh, any case, uh, she is in the show, um, and that'll that'll be at the Chanticleers Theater. And that's it. That's all that I have. Uh, did you want to pump anything? Or are you doing anything? Oh, well,
1: anything? Uh, just the uh, February 14th Conspiracy of Venus. That's, that's right. Oh. At, um, <laughs> the all-women's, uh,
0: sh- um, not Aca- show, but uh, yeah. we
1: an a cappella chorus.
0: Right on, a yeah. cappella chorus.
1: And um, that's at Old First Church at 9 o'clock on
0: Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Well, we will definitely, we'll definitely have a link to that. Come check us out. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm flipping, but um, so on our page, on Facebook, our yay page, I've been putting up, finally, birthday people are actually saying, oh, here, here's information on my show. So I've oh, been good, 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 putting some up, so I'm trying to make sure. I think there was one that's actually a New York show. Okay. Um, but a young woman who was born here, raised here. Yeah. Uh, measure for Measure. Nice. Um, and that'll be uh, January 3rd, just the one weekend, January 3rd um, through February 1st, the People's Improv Theater in New York. They're doing Measure for Measure. All right.
0: So if folks are in New York, check that out.
2: And then I think that's it. Yeah, I've only got two right now. Okay. okay.
0: Sylvia, did you have a good time?
1: I did. Thank it's you. always nice to see you guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. Uh, my blurb. Uh, you can find the A on any podcast. You're listening to it now, but you can tell your friends uh, any podcast that you listen to. Your uh, podcasts on. We're on Spotify. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on the um, Apple's iTunes app. You know, click on Store. Use the search engine on, on the upper right hand side. You can find us. If you're an Android user, you can download SoundCloud. The SoundCloud app. We're just go on SoundCloud.com. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm at Red Space Clay, and I'm Who's Your Hoosier? <laughs> uh, Sylvia, do you have a um, social I, media thing?
1: I just I'm on Facebook, Sylvia Creighton. All on right. On, on so, e, so yeah, That's so folks, K-R-A-T-I-N-S. K-R-A-T-I-N-S.
0: Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> folks, if you're looking for a fantastic actress, singer. Um, do you still do costume?
1: I do. I do costume. I direct.
0: Ooh. All right. Yeah.
1: So pay it, me, I'll produce. <laughs> Yay. Yeah.
0: There we go. So if you're looking for uh, a fantastic person, uh, Sylvia Creighton is the person to look for. And we, we got to find a better fun. sign off and we